This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rock's Lawn Care Gardening episode. Here we are on episode number 65 named investing in equipment so again another episode where we're going to go forward and just have sort of an open forum chat and just basically speaking about equipment and the the pros the cons what type of stuff you should invest in and just basically everything around that matter today we are welcoming in mike day for another special chat where you know we can share this experience with it mike's obviously been in the industry for a long time as a as a solo owner operator and now, as of you know, the last few decent amount of years with a partner, Sam, who uh, also helps him out with his business. So we've kind of got this large range of experience of how we can help someone like myself that's just running a one-man band and someone that's got a guy underneath them as well. So, Mike, thank you very much for jumping on this pod again. It is appreciated as always. Uh, my absolute pleasure, Sam. It's, uh, it's good to be back. I think this is the, the, the third time now, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. No, it's it's always good. Like I like I was just mentioning there. I think anytime we can, anytime I can bring someone on and share that experience, that pool of you know knowledge with you know past things that have happened or like the decisions that you've made right and the ones that you've done wrong, it can only I think help the listeners you know grow and and either take something away from it or at least something to think about. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's the the more people, the more opinions people hear, then the more you know they can sort of pick out the the suggestions that they like and, and run with it so yeah definitely a good idea getting people on absolutely so um i just want to kick this off basically by saying like investing in equipment it's it's a huge thing because it's especially around those that are just beginning in the business and just getting self up and going there's always this uh back and forward battle isn't there, of like right do i do i go for the expensive stuff and not be able to buy as many or do i go for the cheaper stuff and you know buy everything i physically can like, what's your view on it when someone that's getting started in the business, how do you view like the right way to go? What path to go down? It's, you know, it's, it, it is all personal preference. Um, but I think the, the best thing to do is, is to, to ask around, look at the, the quality of work that people are producing with, with certain tools. Um, because back when, back when I started this, there wasn't as much variety as there, as there is now. You know, so you've got a lot of brands who who have come from the shadows and it, it makes your your choice of equipment a lot more difficult. And it can be quite overwhelming to, you know, to jump on Google, type in lawnmower and see hundreds of different products that you can potentially buy and invest in. And, you know, it's the the more expensive ones always seem to, to last longer, but there are quite a few brands coming through that, you know, aren't as expensive but seem pretty pretty robust so i think i think the best thing to do is to ask around have a little have a little nose see what see what the work people are producing ask questions um and maybe try and get some demos if if, if people are or if local dealers are allowing it i think that's a, a big one with the demos there it's something i never actually it's something i really wanted in the beginning but i didn't and i suppose it isn't still it's not openly pushed out i mean for the bigger stuff when you're spending thousands you know they're normally pretty keen to to push these things out but from what i've seen on a basis of you know the smaller machines you know inside 600 quid there doesn't seem to be 
a lot there to be able to, you know, mm. pick up and try for a day, you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, if if a if a, a dealer knows that you could potentially be investing thousands of thousands of pounds, and I'm sure they will make sure that they can get some sort of demo f- flown over to you. But asking, I mean, even I've done it myself, asking a dealer for just to borrow a mower or a strimmer for a couple of hundred quid, they they probably just think it's more more hassle than it's worth. Yeah, but I think brands should be making it a bit more feasible for for people to do so because you know even if even if they send out a, a demo for a couple of hundred quid it, it might lead to a, a three four five six thousand pound investment in the future so i think demos should be a lot more gettable yeah no and we've seen it with the likes of like ian you know who drives the ego van around and that obviously you can, it. Yeah. you can request like him and he'll come out with a whole van load i know mm-hmm. that um you know husqvarna it's hard to get hands-on like the smaller kit and equipment but again if your local dealer is decent enough they might have one like you know good to go or i know definitely used items if you've if you're lucky enough to have some of these industrial supply stores near you they if they've got people that have traded in equipment try and knock a bit off the price that sort of thing they'll quite happily because it's already a used item allow mm. that to be trialed for you know a, a set period of time but i think as far as packages go you know in my case, it's it's great seeing like a, a review and, you know, I don't want to shoot myself down or ourselves down because we both do review videos, but there's only so much you can take online. You know, the the thing for me is if you can give me something for two days, three days, so I can try it over a few different days of weather, hopefully, and a few different, like, you know, plenty of lawns or gardens, then I can make like an informed decision. It's very hard to do that, you know, with little hands-on experience. Yeah. And going back to reviews as well, like you said, I mean, I've watched tons and tons of reviews and many of yours, Sam, but it's always, you know, you can pick out the positives and the negatives of, of each tool. But I think that the main question that can never be answered just by watching a review video is, is how long it's lasted. Because obviously that's the, you know, that's the, one of the main things that people want to not fully take into consideration, but it's got it's always going to be at the back of their heads. Oh, it, it it does this well, it does that well. But at the end of the at the end of the day, how long does this tool or has this tool or will this tool last? And it's something yeah. that can't really be answered by review videos, you know, which is it's very difficult. Well that's one thing I would actually like to see, you know, pushed out compulsory by manufacturers, you know, across the whole board, whether you're ego, Husqvarna still, Massport, you know, whoever it is. I think when they get the feedback of returns, you know, that should be open forum data where you can see how many products are sold, how many products have been returned and like, you know, if it's been because a part is broken or if if it just wasn't fit for purpose, you know, because that relevant data is, you know, you can learn so much from that. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't even want to just to, to sit here and, and talk about ego because I know that it's, uh, it's probably becoming quite sickening to people now. But what they, what they do, and I don't know if you've done any any of this, Sam, but any of their products that you do buy, you can register them online. Um, and what this does is it it increases your warranty period by a year. Right. So, so if anything does go wrong with that specific tool, the serial number that you put in they can then get some feedback as to, as to how long these sort of machines are you know working for without any problems and like you say they can collect all the data 
and maybe change around the lengths and the longevities of their warranties, which I think is pretty smart. Yeah, it's definitely worth doing. The only big problem I have seen on that front is people having problems with some of the smaller batteries or like just mm-hmm. purely talking about ego here. Um, I've seen it with Husky as well. Actually, some people returning items and I know you've said about some of their handheld tools is that you've had to return some more that they've broke. But the only ones that, the main things I've seen with ego is I think it's a five amp and the charger. Yeah. Like I had this yeah. problem personally. I remember messaging you about it and it was the yeah. fact that it would go to like three bars and then just cut power and you had to keep sliding it in and out. Um, yeah. I think if people don't know about that and they are and they are ego users or thinking about being ego users, then definitely worth, because I haven't actually done that. Uh, I haven't put my kit online yet and I should do. But uh, to have that extra year guarantee, as anyone knows that's doing it commercially, can save you a lot of money, right? Like being oh, able to get that kit for back. Sh- for sure. For sure. I mean, some of their equipment is three year, what a three year warranty for commercial. Um, I think their batteries are five years. Don't quote me on that, but I think they're five year warranties on the batteries. And I've got a, um, another branded machine. I won't, I won't say which one it is. Oh, can I say which one it is? Yeah, yeah of course. I, I don't know. Um, it's a, it's a Toro Scarifier. Um, okay. I've had a, I've had a problem with it. Basically the tines have completely snapped off. Well, um, and, all of them, all of the times are snapped off. It's a very back and forth argument that I'm having with the dealer because it, it actually got a recall um, because the tines were too long and right. they were scraping along the floor whilst the machine was in travel mode. Right, so um, it didn't have like a stored position sort of thing. So so it, it's got a stored position, but the tines that came on the machine were too long for that stored position to counteract. Right. Um so I got my machine back in March um, and it was, it's a great machine other than the fact that the recall was in June. Um, <laughs> my machine didn't get, re- my machine didn't get recalled. My, I was, I'm on, one of the unlucky ones. So basically all my tines <laughs> have snapped off. Wow. And I was looking, but it's all got sorted out now. I've had to pay for it. Um, so it wasn't under warranty, but, but I looked and I should have checked this before I actually bought the machine, but it's only got a 30 day commercial warranty. Oh my Lord. So, you know, it's, it's always nice to check the warranty. It's always at the bottom, you know, and, and they, they, they never really like to say commercial warranty. They always put domestic. Yeah. And, you know, there's obviously people like us that are going to be using it commercially and domestically so they fit into two different categories but i think having a, a 30 day commercial warranty doesn't really give you much sort of you know hope that this that the brand has given it that short of a time it's not so long I enough i always think that it's not to, long enough is it to allow you know? something to break like even the one year no, commercials i i stay try and stay away from stay away from yeah i completely agree so yeah with definitely with 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 any type of brand you go for i'd always check the warranty you know when you're making your decisions about equipment because it's one of the biggest questions that just never really gets answered on warrant on on review videos yeah no it's strange you actually mentioned that because it was only i think four or five days ago i actually recommended the toro scarifier to a chap that was after one for under 600 quid and i says oh look i've heard this is amazing but um yeah, that's for for them to get yeah. recalled and then yours to still have that problem not be recalled is an odd one. I th- yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a great point. Anyone looking at investing in kit, one of the 
if we call this a first point, you know, the first point I would say is, yeah, check the warranty before you even do it. Because what I've seen in the past is, like when it came to buying the commercial mower, and I was between a Weebang and a Hater, uh, I believe the Weebang had, was a Hater? I believe it was, it was the Hater of the Still, I can't remember. But when, when I married them up, the Weebang actually had a better warranty period for the commercial user. I think it was by one year. That that yeah. actually kind of swayed me, because at that point, I had no, uh, again, c- couldn't get a demo, so I had no experience with either machine apart from the figures that were in front of us and that actually swung me to WeBang that you got I'm sure it was a three year warranty um, with that machine can't yeah. remember what the hater, I mean, hater in the still is I think I think it's still I think the the hater is I don't really know much about still but I think the hater is two yeah. it used to be one year I did it um, but yeah but now they're new uh, B B models I think they put up to a two year which right, so you know the, the better the better they get at making their equipment the longer the more confident they are that you know they're going to last longer which is a huge selling point i mean like you just said you 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 chose the webang over the still because of that extra year so think about how many more products a company may sell if they just up their warranty by a year well that that was it and my main thing one that was with it was cuz i was wanting a roller mower and I think this is a big one for a lot of people because you see people, gardeners out there, uh, you know, laying lovely stripes on lovely gardens. And there is that need for clients that do want a a premium looking lawn. It's kind of sometimes hard to do that. You know, I think stripes come hand in hand when some people think of it. Not everyone, but, you know, yeah, some people yeah. do. And, you know, so that's the reason why I wanted one. But I had seen the main negative being that the bearings and the roller would sometimes fail. So, yeah. It, it was a massive one for me that, look, if I was going to spend 1300 quid on a mower, what was at that point, then I wanted to make sure I was at least covered. Now, when people are starting out, or even when you're at any point in your business, you've always got some form of investment budget, you know, whether it's zero or whether it's, you know, 20 grand, you're going to have a figure of where you go, right, I'm ready to buy some new kit. Everyone's kind of on that line of weighing it up, but I would say, Look, it might be slightly cheaper, but you might have a better warranty, and there might be a reason because of that. So, definitely look into it. With that, do you do anything yearly for for that exact thing for investing in kit? Do you like keep five percent to one side every month, or anything of that sort of form? Um, not really, not really. I mean, at at the beginning, we just sort of bought a machine when we needed it yeah um we've never really had any any money put aside for machinery per year um it was it was more just which which looking back at now is very wise thing to do yeah. you know sometimes you, you you might think oh christ i got a fork out another i don't know 1500 quid for a lawnmower um and you haven't your business hasn't allowed for it that specific yeah. year but if if you if you play in advance and you you stick a couple of hundred quid away per month when it comes to that position that you might need to spend 1500 pounds on a machine and you've got it sitting there, but this day and age it's very difficult to have that kind of money just laying around, you know, with, with all the uh, expenses flying around. So we've just bought as we need. Yeah. I I mean, I, I've always said that and it's a great way to do it in the beginning. I think is look, if you are a bit strapped for cash and you're literally making your living while trying to, you know, get things off the ground, Although it's lucrative to to jump in and just go, oh, like I I love all this kit because then I'm fully formed. 
it's probably a bit better to go look it's it's may time i don't actually need a trimmer this year you know until maybe september yep. let's not jump in and buy you know the full the full kit you know you might get away with just buying a, a handheld you know a short reach and go right that'll get me by for any sort of little tidy up taking the ends off through through the growing season and then buy yourself a long reach in the winter you know yeah. not winter sorry in the autumn in the autumn but, yeah but it's definitely it's pacing your decisions i think when it comes to money it's definitely it's definitely something i would advise is that you know you don't need yeah, everything straight yeah. away you know pierce yourself no. on, on that um definitely you, but, you can i mean in the past we've been quite sneaky as well and this is a not a way around it but it's a it's definitely a, a way to to go about things for instance if you want to buy a scarifier and you're looking at a model for 600 quid maybe message around your customers who you feel as though that you could offer that service to um to sort of say look i i i, I can't do it at the moment um but i can book you in a day in a month's time yeah um the price is going to be 300 quid um and if you if you get a response saying yes back from three or four customers you know you can then buy that machine comfortably knowing that you're going to make your money back from it yeah. and profit from it so you've basically just worked and, and and you're doing what you normally do day to day for an extra machine which you can then make profit from in the future so that's another same with hedge trimmers oh if there's a big hedge reduction you know you can upsell that to customers that you know that might need it just put it in their heads are oh, your your beach hedge because I, I know you've done quite a few beach hedges as well yeah. your beach hedge needs trimming um this is going to be the price you know and then you can sort of be smart about it yeah i, I yeah it, it's a big one i think is is being able to, to go down that route with it. it it can only help i think the other what i was what i thought you were actually going to get at there what i think is another tip alongside it is actually using tax to, to your advantage now yeah for those that's just i mean those that have been in the business a long time will, will obviously know this that you can write things off and you know it'll be no surprise but if you are just getting in and you don't know the system and and let me just declare this i am not advising you on how to <laughs> on, on how to get, on how to uh you know help your business through tax returns i am not doing that i am not accounting any of that right i am simply just saying my experience after doing several tax returns is that when it comes to the end of the year <laughs> right if you've had a very good year and you're in profit by a lot okay not even a lot if you're just in profit you are then taxed on your profitable income right like that's that's there like okay if you're then speaking to your accountant and you want to lower your tax rate let's say you're near the next cap of super tax right you can then use x amount of money to then pay off items let's say you want a new hedge trimmer let's say you need another van if it's that big of an expense whatever it might be right and you can what's the word i'm looking for when you when you write it off um dissolve it <laughs> dissolve basically <laughs> what, what happens is it, it comes off your so you still have them total earnings but it comes off your profit okay so your profit yeah. your profit of the company you've still made but how much you get taxed is it's it's tax deductible is what i'm looking for okay yeah. so let's say you've earned like up in scotland i believe it's 40 three thousand something hundred pound where you go into the next tax bracket tax bracket yeah yeah let's say you're let's say you're on 44 grand you've made this year 
before you enter your tax, if you go spend two grand, okay, then you're you're saving whatever that extra might have been. Okay. Yeah. Now there there is a bit too much there is a bit more to it, but what I would say is if you're near that way, you're thinking you're gonna hit um uh, where you're going to have to come back registered or anything like that, speak to your accountant because if there's a time where you need to invest at the same time as nearly hitting one of them brackets, you can use that to your, uh, you know, advantage. Yeah. To your advantage 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, and bear in mind, when you hit a tax bracket, what I should probably declare, because I got this wrong when I first started, is when you hit a tax bracket, let's say it goes into 50%. You only pay fifty percent over that tax bracket. You don't then pay fifty percent the whole of your income. And I'm not going to get into this too much because it's not what the episode's about. So, um, but yeah, if you're near that limit and you need to invest, then it might be a wise time to do so. That's why you see a lot of companies wait until sort of February time to see how their books look for the financial year, yeah. and then they make big investments. You know. Yeah, I mean, or you could just do what I do: look at QuickBooks type in profit made from the next from the last financial year yeah and then realize that you're a little bit ahead of schedule and buy a z6 yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so far in your case i mean what was the z6 i was like four grand worth of machinery that you bought wasn't it yeah but four and a half four yeah. and a half yeah so exactly so in mike's case there well he's been very open about there he paid four and a half grand out of his own money for for the z6 so that will get written off against you know his profit margin so he yeah, won't get yeah. taxed on or you'll get 20% tax relief on, or 21, depending on where, where you live, Scotland, England. Uh, he'll get that four and a half grand tax relief against his taxable amount. So it's definitely worth doing. Um, and remember, it's not tax avoidance, but I am not advising you to try and tax avoid <laughs> any way, shape or form. You know, check with your accountant that what you're doing is legal. But uh, like I said, there is times when it can definitely be used in your favor. Just be smart about it, isn't it? Yeah, another I mean, another another thing actually, Sam. Sorry to interrupt. Is for people looking to buy equipment. I know there are quite a lot of dealers now who are offering finance. Yes, I've seen that. It's, I've it's popping up more and more, um, and I don't know. It it might just be a a, a route that some people want to go down. You know? Well, I mean, you see it a lot with that Klarna. Uh, Klarna Bank or whatever they're called. Klarna, uh, that's the one. Yeah, you know they do like the the three months zero percent or what you know it can go quite high interest rates. So make sure you check the high, the interest yeah, rates that you're not going to get interest rates that yeah. you're going to get screwed over. But it's definitely again, it's I think if anything's on zero percent, then all you're doing Drag is it. it. But yeah, you're just buying it in stages. You, you're not losing out yeah. in any way, shape, or form as long as you make them payments on time. But when it comes to investing in kit and equipment, it's not just the type of equipment, but it's how you go about it is what I also think is, you know, it, it's it's a big thing. And, you know, and it could be anything. You might have to take out that Klarna Bank, for example, and do that learning stages for a £400 item because you're starting off or you might have to do it for a 24 grand item. It just depends on where you're at and what you can afford with the cash flow to be moving and things like that. Mm. But um, going into investments, what have you got any investments that is thoroughly paid for themselves? Like what would you class as a good investment for you? And if, if you have got an example, what was it? Um, to be, to be honest with you, I don't know if I've, if I've seen the investment, I probably have, but without really noticing it, investing in battery equipment. And I know obviously we've done a podcast or two on, on battery equipment before, Yeah. but I think 
in without noticing it in the shadows is probably saving me money the more I use it. I know it's pretty obvious, but it, it's a it's an investment that, and I know we've said this before as well that investing in battery equipment is probably one of the biggest investments that you can probably make yeah. straight off the bat. I mean, the batteries are expensive, but I, I think the 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 longer time goes on, the more money I'm saving. Yeah. From doing so. Um, but the best investment obviously is when we first started the business, just buying a lawnmower and trimmer and, and hedge trimmer and blower, you know, it, it's, it's all, it's all spiraled off from that. So I think the best investment that you can make is that the kit that gets you going. Yeah. Initially. Almost having the belief in that, you know, it's worth it. Like, look, just invest yeah. and just, just take that step forward and go for it. Like it's, it's going to pay off for you. Um, it's strange that you mentioned that with the battery. That, if I was to answer that same question, battery, I'm I'm massively happy with because I think I came into the Husky range. Well, I I still love, mm-hmm. you know, I'll openly mm-hmm. say I all my Husky tools I still love. Uh, like I'm not I'm not biased in any any means with it. Uh, they're they're fantastic items. And going into that when I did, I seen yourself using them and a couple of others, mainly just using trimmers though, um, like from other people that I think now it's a lot more coming. You see a lot more people using battery trimmers, you know, and getting jobs done yeah. with it. You see, obviously, a hell of a lot of people using it on the trimmer side. But even to see as many people have I've seen this season using blowers is quite surprising. I think people just need to realize, people that hate on the blowers, I'll just say, look, they've got, the, they've got their use. If you're trying to blow wet leaves through long grass, you're not going to get very far with a lot of battery kit, you know you're still probably going to need a, a fuel backpack blower, but you know, yeah. for getting dry grass off, you know, where you've strimmed an edge or something fantastic, you know, to oh, pull yeah. it out and, for, sure. for sure, even like blown off the van at the end of the day, pull it yeah. out, hit a button. And, and that's me. I, I don't need to start it back up, let it warm up. If I haven't used it that day, you know, I spend two minutes warming the machine up to, to blow the van for three seconds. It's, it's, you know, it's a joke. There's, um, there's, anyone that says that battery equipment is not a, a good investment i, I can I'd, I'd sit there and have a conversation with, with why it is for sure mm-hmm. for sure i mean I, the, think- I think this the company uh what are they on youtube hayes machinery i think they've changed their name now to machinery nation that's it i think it's quite a good little channel actually we've bought quite a few uh ego equipment from them okay and they done a test not so long ago where they they charged a a ego five amp battery and i know electricity has gone up to well in my area it's about 36 pence a kilowatt i think okay. it is here um but they basically put it on an electric meter where they charged an ego battery a five amp and it cost 12 pence to to fully charge it right. then what they did and i don't think a lot of people realized that the the intelligence in doing something like this so you can charge an, uh, a five amp ego or any any battery you know for that sake a five amp battery for 12 pence and then used it and cut a certain amount trimmed a certain amount of lawn and then put 12 pence of fuel into a strimmer <laughs> it, the thing barely started yeah. do you know what <laughs> i mean it's when you look at it in that respect i know you've got to pay 200 quid for that battery but if you're using it every day that's soon gonna even itself out and yeah. y- you will start to not 
well, not make money, but you will start to save money for sure. Yeah, I, I think definitely. Look, if it's coming from, apologies, um, if it's coming from someone that's starting up, when we're talking battery here, you know, because it is such an expensive startup cost, like what would your recommendations be? Because mine would be strimmer and strimmer for maintenance, not not for hacking down, you know, 300 meters squared of an overgrown garden, but for like maintenance, a battery strimmer for maintenance and a trimmer and then get yourself yeah. a fuel mower would probably be my first thing. Unless you've got the, you know, you, you hit the same battery uh, company all the way through and that's going to fit your model, then I'll probably say go battery mower. But I would still say fuel mower, battery, hedge trimmer and strimmer. How how do you feel about that? To get I mean, by? Alf, yeah, to get by, it, I think you, you need to have what sort of end goal. I mean, it's very hard to know what end goal you like because yeah. once you start using battery equipment you're going to want to carry on using it mm-hmm. so it's very difficult from the outset to think to yourself oh i'll just get this battery strimmer and this battery trimmer and then i'll run a, a petrol mower at, at, at first it, it sounds great and our first battery equipment was was husqvarna like yourself and we we loved it and we first invested in a strimmer then we got a trimmer exactly the same way that you just yeah yeah um then we got a blower um and we were completely taken back by battery equipment and but we were still using a a petrol mower right now that specific brand that we invested the strimmer hedge trimmer and blower in didn't offer a good battery mower so we couldn't stay on the same platform um i don't want to make people sick to death of ego but that's one of the reasons why we did invest over into ego equipment. We, 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 we turned the table around and we bought the mower first because that's what I wanted all the other tools to, to work around. So, you know, so when was it when you made the jump from buying Husqvarna to buying ego equipment? Uh, 2018, I think it was. All right. So first... fair while ago then. Oh, it was a, lot, a long, long time ago. I mean, we, we was running the, the Ego Mower for years, years and years before we, we even invested in the strimmer. Right. Um, so, you know, we, 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 we had a lot of experience with Ego for, for quite some time. Um, yeah. The, 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 the mower was, was definitely a big hit for us. And that was one of the reasons why we ventured into their other tools. So it is very difficult to to be in the position where you're just starting up and you think to yourself, what do I what do I want to buy? Do I want to buy this? Do I want to buy that? I think you need to have a look at a battery, if you are investing in battery, to look at the whole battery brand as a whole platform. Yeah, yeah. And and make making sure that they've got a range of tools that you can, you know, in the future be a hundred percent battery with. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's very, very difficult because I, I, there's not a lot of brands that allow you to do that. At the no, moment. no, you, you are right. It almost goes back to where where we're speaking about companies giving out uh, like demos and stuff. I would love to see every single battery company, you know, it's co- no matter the brand, putting together a little starter set, whether it's their battery mower, because most of them do now. Husky do their own mowers, still do, Ego do, um, 
hate others and cover tools. But yeah, so let's just say them three brands just off the top of my head. If they all did a mower, strimmer, trimmer and a blower, what I think they all cover. And, you know, you paid £150, what would be a small upfront cost in the long run, but you get a week with their machines. You know, yeah. batteries provided, so you're never going to run out of batteries. Um, you know, and you pay 150 quid deposit and, you know, you get these products for a week. I would love to see that so that people could actually decide whether they want to get into. Because for me, yeah, like when I was starting out, although I the first bits of kit I was buying was battery, although it'd be domestic, I... I was scared of that, basically. I was scared of buying kit and not knowing where that would lead me to. What happens if I buy, you know, two, three pounds worth of batteries plus equipment, and then I go, these are, like, useless. You know, they don't yeah. cut through anything. They don't stream anything. You know, th- I think there's always that worry. You give someone that demo for 150 quid, and you believe in your products that much, they could get, you know, like you say, thousands of pounds back over the next yeah. six to 12 yeah. months. So... Well, well, we've we've got we've got uh, my van's hundred percent uh, battery ego. Uh, yeah. My dad's van's hundred percent battery ego. Sam's Sam's out actually still using uh, a Husky trimmer, okay. uh, long reach trimmer, telescopic Husky, um, a Husky blower. So he's basically a hundred percent Husky, but then he's got a hate of forty one sitting in his van. <laughs> because Husqvarna don't offer a battery mower. Well, they do, yeah. but it's nowhere. It's not in contention with anything that would see us through the day. Yeah, it doesn't so, rival the the fuel. Ones. You know what I mean? It it it's yeah. It doesn't rival fuel at all. So uh, I think it definitely you should definitely pay close attention to what these brands are offering for sure. Hundred percent. Right, well, just from that point there, we are just going to head to a quick break and we'll be back with you in just a moment. This episode is brought to you by Total Loan. Total Loan provides scientifically engineered loan care products to homeowners, hobbyists and loan care professionals. Their range of fertilisers and biostimulants will keep your loan looking lush, green and moss-free all year round. I use Total Loan products for my customers and on my own loan and I think you should too. The team of Total Loan put quality above anything else when they're producing their loan feeds. They use ingredients that are rarely, if ever, used by their competitors to give you the best loan possible. Try Total Loan today at totalloan.co.uk and use code JROCKLOANCARE at the checkout to receive 10% off your whole order. Total Loan are so confident in their products that you can use them on your loan and if you're not happy with the results, you can get in touch with them up to 90 days later for a full refund. Go to totalloan.co.uk and transform your loan. So welcome back after that short little ad break there. Thank you very much for staying tuned in and joining us. So going on from what we were talking about there, I want to now touch on some of the worst investments or bad investments. So like these are the ones that from your experience, you'd maybe stay away from, Uh, you know, you can talk product specific if you want, but or even just bad investment experiences if there's been any. What would you sort of say, if any, if there has been? Um, that's a really hard question. So any investment that we've made that hasn't really been worth it, we just probably tried to carry on and plough through as much as possible. Um, to make it pressure worth washers, it. maybe, yeah, just to make it worth it or make it seem viable. You know, after the, the hundreds of pounds that we've just spent on it, yeah, um, it's very, very difficult. What sort of pressure washers have you invested in then? Well, we've only got cart. We've only ever bought cartridges. Okay. And 
the amount of times they broke and we've had to buy a new one just makes us well i've actually found a, a really good website now that actually sells a cartridge parts okay so i wish i i wish i had that before we bought them, <laughs> the last three um and what are these are these k4s or so yeah one of them was a, a k4 then there was a k4 classic uh then there was a k5 I was going to get the K7, but there's not much improvement in PSI between okay. them both. So, and what whatever the you know extra PSI was, I don't really think it's going to be that evident when you're actually using it. Yeah. You know, but I mean, it's probably only a bad investment because we don't use it. Number well, firstly, they they've broken quite a lot, <laughs> um, and secondly, we haven't really advertised for it. Yeah. And and pushed it pushed that out there so we're probably not making a, a much of a return back on it but i mean to be honest if we probably pushed it out there we it would probably be a good investment well but, i mean i was speaking to lewis about this on our podcast that i did i think it was last week yeah. and you know we just touched on the subject of pressure washing he does it you know alongside his mainstream business and you know i think it is a very profitable job going off the kind of rates that you know, people pay for, for pressure washing, especially if you get a decent size area. I mean, I think the bottom limit, if you are to put a per meter squared on, is like 250 per meter squared. Uh, you see a lot of people around the 350 meter, uh, 3.50 per meter squared. Now, you think if you get a big back seating area, you know, of around 100, 100 meter squared or so, for the time it takes with a decent machine, you know, you can be very... You can make money back pretty quickly, I think, with it. Um, yeah. I think it is just landing. I think it's hard because I've done the same as you. I think like sort of the K4 range is around about the same range as where my Husky sits. And mm-hmm. although it's great, like it, it does my at-home one really well, it, you know, the, the four or five clients that I've used it with, you know, it's done tidy jobs apart from that one mishap that I had. But yeah, it's it's... There are thereabouts, but for me to then up that level, you're looking at, you know, I paid maybe 350 or something around about that for it. You know, you're looking at me spending 15 to 1700 on more than likely a petrol version that has a, a decent size uh, surface cleaner with it, that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden that cost quadruples, you know, to be able to get the, uh, the quicker job finish speed and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I, I'm in between a pressure washing because I enjoy it when I've finished it. <laughs> but, but, but but midway through when you're getting soaked and splashed in the face and, you know, it's already probably pouring down anyway, knowing the look when you, when you usually do it. You know, I've got mixed reviews on pressure washing, but I do think it's good. But like you say, you've got to yeah. advertise for it because people wouldn't yeah. actually think of getting in touch with a gardener to, to, do, the, yeah, to do the patios exactly. and stuff. A question for you, Sam. I know you mentioned about uh, charging for a certain meter squared. Yeah. And I know I, I get asked this quite a lot on Instagram about charging for meter squared for like scarification jobs and things like that. Um, and it's also quite important for when you're putting feed down or yeah. seed, you know. How how do you or do you know how other people measure this, th- these areas that they're doing? I you know, reckon. Differences you ha- Sorry, go on. Say, say, for instance, you had to sort of go to a, a job and 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 
stick a price on a on a pressure washing job, for example, or let's just say a scarif scarification job, how would you go? Because in the past, I've just done it on Google Earth sometimes and, and measured it. Yeah. But for smaller areas or areas that are covered by trees, you can't always get an exact yeah. scope of the size. So do you know how people do it? Actually measure it. So I think unless you're using, I, I don't know, you may have seen them, them perimeter like lasers. Yeah, where you literally seen them, yeah. You walk around the perimeter. For anyone that doesn't know, it's like GPS. So it, it tracks you within an insane amount of like accuracy. You literally walk around the perimeter and it tracks exactly where you've been. You click it open, you check it out, and it'll say that you've walked, you know, 127 meters squared, whatever it is. But I think, and they're quite expensive, I believe. I think unless, yeah, they are. unless you're doing that, I think on a squared garden, some people pack in, um, you're measuring wheels. They're, mm. they're pretty, pretty accurate. You know, I don't think there's much discrepancy with them as long as it's calibrated. Very easy to do so. You chuck a tape on the floor, <laughs> you know, you walk <laughs> the wheel a meter and you go, right, that matches up. Uh, yeah. You know, so they're pretty accurate. But personally, I've perfected the long step and I'm pretty, right. I've never had anyone challenge me on it or anything like that. You know, in the beginning, I used to, I would measure a lawn with like a long tape, you know, small lawns with, with a long tape yeah. and like a 10 meter tape. And then I would then pace it out afterwards. And I've just kind of got it in me that a slightly larger than my normal walking step is there or thereabouts, very close to a meter. So I you. do all my pricing on or like when I'm measuring up a lawn for feeds, I just do it by steps. But, you know, people can argue that and say, oh, well, that's not accurate. Look, that's, no. at the end of the day, it's the way I price it, you know? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's not accurate. And I, I definitely use the, the, the stepping method for seed um, yeah. and fertilizer. But I think things, I think it can be quite, I don't know, confusing when, not confusing, but it could be wrong when, you're, say, for instance, you've got a pressure washing job um, that's 10 metres squared or a scarifying job that's 10 metres squared, just as an, ex as an example. Yeah. If you've got your set price for pressure washing or scarifying per metre squared, I think you've also got to take into consideration the, the dirt that might come off each of that metre squared or the amount of moss or thatch that comes off because you might have yes let's 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 compare it to scarification so say for instance you've got you've got two lawns one they're both 10 meters squared but one has double the amount of thatch in yeah. it than the other one does that would completely change my quote yeah from one to the other do you know what i mean so, so i don't know agree. So, it's very difficult to i mean how would you go about that do you, do you put on a surcharge for things being you know it's hard to sort of go back to the customer and say look my charge is 10 pound per meter squared but your lawn's got double the amount of moss that i normally take out so i'm gonna have to charge you 20 yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean it's very difficult that's why now i've just come to terms with the forget what size it is this is the price yeah i i think i mean this is one this this must be one of my most asked questions is how do you price up moon? How do you price up scarifications? And like, yeah. can, can you tell me how you got to that figure? And what I've kind of learned from the matter, and especially for those just starting out, is the, the best way to think about it is sometime you're going to make a little bit more 
than what you're expecting to make and it's going to be a lot quicker of a job. And sometimes you're going to go, oh, crap, that took me an extra 90 minutes than what I thought. And with them experiences comes like the judge factor of being able to just chuck prices at things. So, for example, how we're talking about measuring up um, pressure washing, you're saying some slabs might be worse and things like that. If it's a rounded corner and I can't, you know, a square isn't literally going to fit in a whatever pattern that might be. Yeah. Let's say it's a wavy border or something for a scarification. I will measure it out to the nearest sort of rectangular sections. So if you're looking at a garden and it's a really funny shape, I'll I'll break that down to squares. And then I'll literally just go, that's roughly another three meters squared there. That's roughly another two. And that's, you know, that's how I came to get it. As for the basis on how bad it is, again, that comes with experience. And I'm, I'm sure you'll agree with that. When you look at a lawn yeah. and you go, you know, I can't even find the soil here. You know, it's that bad with thatch and moss. Mm-hmm. You know, you just kind of know in the back of your head, look, that's at least another 75 quid on that job. And that's the thing it. is, no one's going to, no one's in their right place to challenge you because they might have different equipment, they might have a different process, and they might be in a different part of the country. You know, there's so many factors to how it would affect them with each individual job that I believe personally, you just get to find what works for you and and your figures, basically. So, yeah, sure. I often find myself quoting a job and I'll go, but that's an extra 20 quid there. That's an extra 15 yeah. quid there. Then someone yeah. might ask me why. And not the customer, but, you know, if I've talked through my quotes with someone, I would be like, oh, well, I just I just knew it was. And, and that's a terrible explanation of it. And it's not helping anyone, you know, get any better at it. But it is that realization of, when you build up that experience, it's almost an experience payment, isn't it? That's what the surplus charge is. Yeah. Is you yeah. knowing exactly what that problem is. Um, Lewis described it very well when he said about, he looks for, when he was pressure washing and finding quotes for that, he looks for the, the lay of the land and the gradient of the land. And he can kind of tell from looking at a patio and stuff, how it dips and where the water might sit. And it might be really difficult to get it away from. So mm-hmm. when he goes to quote, he does all these fault findings with being like, that might be a problematic area there. And I'm going to have to do extra brushing over there because it's going to pull massively. And he just, you know, factors that in. So I yeah. think, yeah, you, you take the hit in some places and, and you make it back in others. And I think that's, that's kind of how the game works, unfortunately, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I, it's, it's, it's hard. It's a, it's definitely hard for people to, you know, for the guys that are starting out to, you can't buy experience, you know, it's a, a bit of a cliche but i think that's the only way that you can overcome some some jobs is yeah. just by having that experience and that eye for you know looking at something and think to yourself christ it's going to take me this amount of time and but i'm going to stick on an extra 70 quid just because it might there, yeah. there might be a possibility that more thatch might come out and to be honest we've done it in the past but we're pretty experienced and you know we've we've turned up to some jobs and we've we've had a look at the area and we thought oh, well, we'll charge 250 quid because we only think we're going to get, I don't know, two ton sacks of moss out of that lawn. Yeah. But we end up with five ton sacks <laughs> and do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're already down that and we haven't compensated for it. So yeah, that's, it's a really, really difficult thing to, to comprehend. I think sometimes and, the amount of times I get asked or I get sent and I'm, you're probably the same boat. You get sent a DM 
saying, oh, I've got this lawn to cut. How much would you charge? And you think, well, bloody hell, I haven't even seen it. You know, it, <laughs> it might be a, a field. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's very difficult. I think sometimes you just got to use your, have a walk around the area, have a good look at the, and like obviously what Lewis does, have a look at the things that could potentially go wrong or not go wrong, but be a, you know, a, a, problem. a, a tough bridge to, to cross. Yeah, a problem. Yeah. And just definitely factor those in and stick yeah. a surcharge on it. <laughs> and, and I mean, I know this isn't a pricing episode, but I still stick by my word for for those people that sh- shut down um, per hour jobs and don't get me wrong, per per job pricing is is the way forward. There's no real arguing with that. But when yeah, you are no sta- about it, yeah. when you are starting off, the best way to explain it in like a gambling format or trading format is a per job price is is your medium to high risk. You know unless you price it really well and they, they accept, accept a stupid quote, it's a medium to high risk because if something does go wrong, you could lose out money on your time. Whereas if you went per hour when you first started on, let's say, a garden tidy up, right, because you don't have all the right equipment, you haven't been able to invest mm-hmm. yet, then you're no matter what, you're still earning 30, 35, you know, 20 pound an hour, whatever you charge, yeah. Yeah. you know, for five hours or if you're there for 10 hours, it doesn't matter. So that that would be like your low risk, no matter what you're getting your time back. So uh, sorry, you're getting the the payment for your time. So yeah, it is a hard one, but I think that's where the investing in equipment comes from. Because if you do, and that's what I'm learning every time I take on a new type of job is if I just had this bit of equipment, this would take yeah. half the time and it would be worth the investment. And yeah. I think any time, any time you're thinking of investing. It, it needs to be that needs to be the the answer to your question. This is worth the investment, you know. However, you get to that, as long as it equals this has been worth it, then you're winning, you know. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's funny we've we've just uh, well, I've just put my petrol today. My petrol backpack blower went in the van, nice. and I had a job today, and I'm normally using the battery blower on it. And I thought today, I really needed this, you know, because <laughs> it's it's an investment at the end yeah. of the day you know and you, it's, it's and going back to your hourly charge when we're still getting calls nowadays oh how much do you charge an hour and i feel like saying to them, well how quick do you want me to work yeah do you know what i mean i could i could work double as fast as the other quote that you got for for x amount per hour but it all comes down to the equipment that you have invested in to be able to get the job done quicker and better yeah you know so equipment is is a, a a really big talking subject i think well that's it i mean when it when it comes to that i mean you might have heard that that quote and i can't remember by Batum, but it's basically the, the three things that go into your work is you can have the the work done good you can have it done, done quick and you can have it done something else but you can't have it like and, and you can have it cheap but you can't ever have yeah. all them three things you know what i mean so yeah so I know that quote. If if you, I think it's cheap, fast, and good. Yeah. But if you if you if you want one of those, you can't have the other two together. Yeah, that's it. I think it's it's I think so. Yeah, I think I've I've definitely heard that one. Yeah. So yeah. So like, if you want the job done, like you know, cheapest price, right? It might be done fast, but it's not going to look good. If you want it done good, then yeah, then if you want it done good, it might not be cheap. 
you know it's that That's sort it. of thing and uh yeah. it does it, it really is and uh, if anyone wants to find that quote look through uh instagram shorts because it's been uh reels because it's been on there for long enough but it is it's it's completely true in what they're saying there is a way around it but the way that you quote them jobs will bring back to whether that investment's been worth it with talking about that ba- uh backpack blower there is that the pb the echo yeah so it's funny i was having a conversation with uh with Greg, with Greg's mowing uh, last night, because we've got a we've got a, a still BR six hundred Magnum, which is still the the heritage of backpack blowers, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, we've got a Echo. Well, I've got the Echo PB eighty ten. Um, <laughs> and now boy. we need to buy it. Yeah, the big boy. And now we need to buy a third one, a third backpack blower, but we don't know which one to get. So this, I know they're still now moved on to, they've got 700. Got uh, an 800 as well, don't they? 800. Yeah, they've got an 800. The 800's got different variables, so you can either get an X or a C. And if I was to get one of them, I'd get the C, which is the one with the uh, the extra padding and the side start pull. Yeah. Um, but they're not in the country until January 2023. because really? of Yeah, because of delays, uh, manufacturing delays. I don't know whether I want to get another Echo PB8010 simply because they are so loud. It's so, the thing is so loud. And I do, I get embarrassed of, of for, for 10 months of the year using battery equipment. And then all of a sudden I'm, 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 I'm bringing out a, a backpack blower that's literally got an 80cc engine on the back of it. Yeah, I was just going to say sounds, that. <laughs> it, it is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So it is powerful, eh? Like it's a good. It's, for what a blower's going to do? It's like a fantastic blower of hood. It's the most powerful backpack blower on the market, without a doubt. I think it's one. I think it's one one thousand and twenty cfm, which is a joke. <laughs> and I think it's two hundred and ten miles per hour airspeed, uh, but it's like a hundred and thirty six decibels which is deafening. It's yeah, deafening. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go for another model, the PB770, which I think it sits at 110 decibels, which yeah, is... I'm looking at that. And it's a good... How much is that? Well, it's, it's got, it's got less CFM. So I think it's about nine... It might be about seven... I think it might be 770, actually. 770. It's uh, strange that, though. I'm looking on FR Jones and Son here. Anyone doesn't know, it's a tool provider uh online and there is actually only 60 pound between them two backpack blows is that the 770 and the 8010 yeah so the 770 is 629 and the 8010 is 699 yeah so the, the the 770 has got less cfm but it's got more miles per hour than the 8010 so obviously cfm is how much you can blow at one time, the, the amount of area that you can cover. Is it cubic feet per minute? Yeah. But the miles per hour is how far you can blow stuff. Right. So, and one of them's twice as quiet. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking about, I don't know whether I want to lose a little bit of power from the 8010 and get the 770 just so that I can sort of be a bit more discreet. Because it is it is real loud. So real this loud. is because this this actually ties into investing in equipment books. I think sometimes people 
um, when you've got an item that does something, in this case, let's say a handheld blower, right? Mm-hmm. You then also hit with the other side of investment is, should I invest when I can already do the job, but just not not as quick? Because that, that's all it's doing is speeding it up, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. How do you rate that that investment of going from, what well, I'm guessing, a, a handheld first, then into a backpack? Is that a game changer, would you class it as? Or? I, I, I think... The way nature is, I think I, I still don't think that you can use a, and it all depends, I suppose, what type of gardens you're doing. Yeah. We do big, big gardens. Yeah. So we can't use, and don't get me wrong, nine out of 12 months, I can get away with using battery equipment in there for sure. And I, if I had enough batteries, I probably could get away with using the, the blowers all year yeah. round. But going back to investment i won't want to invest in a thousand pound worth of batteries to cover that same area that a 500 pound backpack blower can do better yeah does that make sense yeah no absolutely. Do you know what i mean so i think it all depends what kind of gardens you're working in if you've got smaller gardens then maybe maybe a backpack blower isn't a necessity um but if you've got bigger gardens and you need something done quicker um then i would definitely say an, a good investment is a backpack blower but then again technology is only improving and i just want to bring saltex into this sam that i think this might be the year where a lot of brands are going to come through with some new equipment and you never know a backpack blower that lasts for ages and has the same sort of power as a, a petrol backpack blower might be on the horizon yeah because a couple of years ago you know the tools that we're using now in battery form weren't readily available to us but they are now so you so know that, you've got to listen to what the the brands are doing as well well that's that's a great point i mean i mean and on that basis of soltex i mean i sent you a picture the other day i actually seen a chipper that has got so ego do that and not to refer back but they're the only company i know that actually does it ego do like a battery engine replacement basically and it seems that some companies now instead of making uh it's the elite i think that you actually pronounce it yeah the elite elite. um instead of making their whole range you know and making a battery components for it and then sourcing their own batteries out sticking their own stickers on it blah 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 they're now outsourcing, you know, Alit done it within their Sterling. They've now went over to mm-hmm. Inigo instead of uh, Greenworks, but, and they had the Kensingtons before that and all the rest of it. So it seems like companies from what I've seen of that leaked photo there, that they are actually entertaining the idea of, look, it works. You know, it's down to the consumer, how many batteries they want to buy, but at least now we've got the ability to still have the same frame the same you know it does the same job all the rest of it but now it's just powered yeah. by a different source and that source yeah. is now battery instead of instead of um fuel so i i do think that you're exactly right and i've seen some people saying some bad things about soltex last year but i think this year you you know it's going to be yeah a lot I, more new. i think covid affected it i mean i didn't go last year simply because i knew that th- there weren't going to be a lot of companies that were knuckling down and developing new products whilst there was a pandemic you know so yeah i think obviously that the breather of a couple of years now that they've had since that has been put aside i think they really knuckled down um and you might see some really interesting stuff from from brands that you never thought you'd see 
Yeah. But I mean, if if Alette and Elliot are using the Ego Motor to power their tools, they can't be bad, can they, Sam? No, <laughs> you you wouldn't like to think so, you would know? you? Yeah. I mean, the, people are going that way. And, you know, since you brought up Soltex, yeah, what, you know, it was never within the agenda to speak about. I would say anyone that is just starting at all, because I've seen so many people that haven't heard of it, Soltex is a basically a chance for different manufacturers, you know, seed providers, fertilizer providers, uh, machinery providers, whatever it may be within the, is it the turfing industry? The turf industry? Yeah. Is that the yeah. right way to put it? Um, yeah. Turf yeah. care industry. Well, anyway. Turf care industry. They, they come together within this big show that is down in Birmingham this year between the 3rd and 4th of November. I believe my dates are right. It is free I to think go. so. It's at the NBC? NEC NBC? NEC Arena, yeah, in Birmingham. Yeah, NEC Arena. And I'm not trying to promote Soltex here, but it is a fantastic opportunity. <laughs> no, I think to... definitely, definitely Don't... promote it. I think it's, I think it's a, 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 a great... I'll let you carry on, but I just want to say I, I think it's a, a big, big thing for people who are trying to invest in or don't know which direction to take because it's not just battery stuff, it's petrol stuff as well. So, Well, that's it. You know. and, and I mean, the thing is, is you get to then see it in person. The only downside mm-hmm. I've seen from it is since the arena has changed uh, a, a few years ago, you know, the demos aren't nearly as good as what you used to be able to do. But, yeah. you know, you're still in there. You can, there's all the machinery. You've got the representatives from each company there that you can talk to, fire questions at. You know, they're the SMEs. So if you are in this place of investment, no matter how, how big or small, you know, there's, there's something there at more or less every level uh, to be able to, to ask questions about and invest in. So that's free as well. You know, you go down, you've just got to register online to get your, your name in the, in the mix. And that's you. You can attend. So I would definitely recommend it. If you're anywhere near Birmingham, it's a no-brainer to pop down and actually see the show. And you'll also probably more than likely meet a lot of people on the way uh, that, that's in the exact same trade that you're trying to do, uh, you know, ac- across the country. So, I mean, I know I'm going down. I'm northeast Scotland here, so I'll be making the flight down on the Tuesday there to then go for both, well, a day and a half, so... You know, we're gonna. I'm gonna meet up with Mike as, as we spoke about before, and you know, we're gonna have a good walk around. So if you are there, then you know, feel free to come over and say hi and that. But uh, yeah, definitely go down, try it. It'll be worth it. Um, okay. my my last sort of main point for you here, Mike, before we end up tying this up, is future investments. What is something that's on your mind? To I know you've just, you know, three weeks ago you would have said the Z6, the right on more. <laughs> now that you've invested, so maybe make a, maybe get your look to the next horizon. But uh, what's going to be your future investment, and why? Uh, um, future investment. <sighs> I just feel like I've I've got, and I'm I'm wrong, but I just feel like I've I've got everything that I've always wanted in the in the in the business. You know, I've I've I think the last thing is is probably a, a, an electric vehicle. Yeah. Um, I think I think that might be the I think there's a, there's a long long way to go um before the technology gets to where it needs to um but I think an electric vehicle cuz and I, I think I said this in our last podcast that I think the main source of machinery that you know you need to look at before you start thinking about tools is what you're going to carry them around with yeah you know the van is your office if if you haven't got a, a decent workhorse of a van or a car or a pickup truck whatever you, you you're getting yourself into you can't get to these jobs so 
for me and I'm only sort of saying this now because I've 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 done the steps I've got the tools that I want I'm happy with where I am um I think an electric vehicle is going to be the the next thing for me yeah the only sort of thing that puts me off is the the charging and we we currently live in a in a flat so we can't exactly throw an extension lead out the third floor <laughs> and charge it yeah yeah but so, i see a so lot you, of um you would be solely down a, to literally fueling stations and shopping centers things like that yeah or i know a lot of councils now um there's a council near me called camden camden uh camden city council they've implemented uh power sources power cables into lamp posts okay so all you've got to do is you've got to find the lamp post and it opens up a wire comes out you put your card in it or what whatever it is that you've got and then it a plug comes out and you you put it into your car so everyone everyone won't be fighting for parking spaces they'll be fighting for lamp posts yeah yeah no no but, no half the councils they'll put them right next to double yellows yeah uh, there we go, there we go. you said it yourself <laughs> you said it yourself but no it's it's very difficult i mean you were actually the person that inspired me to get a ride on um because nice. i know i saw you that yeah no I, I i saw your reels and got really jealous i thought i want to i want to be <laughs> i want to be zero turning like this guy so <laughs> yeah and it, obviously we've we're on that same platform obviously for the for the ego press day we had a little go on one um and i don't think i even said it but that secretly sealed my choice of you know which which what i was gonna what path i was gonna go down so awesome. yeah and obviously the, the jobs came in and i needed one so it all worked out pretty well but I, I must say yeah, that, thank for that. that that's that's been my best investment today, I would say, is that zero turn because although it's you know it's a ferrous commercial grade machine, but um since getting that, my level of jobs that I've been able to take on, and it's not even like I've been advertising for them, they've just kind of landed on my lap since you know I've been getting it out there that I've got one and you know I post on my Facebook um business page, all that sort of stuff that I'm using at the grounds that I'm cutting. So obviously you need something to start it with, but literally since buying it, that machine's probably just about paid itself this year. Yeah. You know, so yeah. like I mean, it, it yeah it has it has done it more actually. So you know with the level uh, the price range of jobs that you can price that machine out at and get yeah. the return on because all you you know all you're paying is your fuel and your time. So it's it's been very profitable, but. Uh, for my for my next future investment, I would have to say that I would be somewhere between a trailer or a brush okay. car. And the two reasons of that is having the, the zero turn and the transit custom, it, it works. I, I can get the ego more in the back, mm. for example, all folded mm. up, mm. but I can't put the zero turn in the back and then, you know, the wee bang if I wanted to, to stripe up very large areas. So, you know, I'm at the point yeah. where for that and sort of hedge takeaways or, you know, alongside the chippers that I use, if I wanted to do mass chipping, you know, I don't really have the option much. So I would be looking, uh, cause I also want to chase and bear in mind, I need to add in the, the background information of, I want to chase the commercial work a little bit more in the next sort yeah. of three to five years. So I'm expecting maybe something more around the, I'll probably get a second zero turn or, or ride on that would do anywhere between a 48 inch cut to a 60 inch cut. So I'll, I'll need that 
because it, it would simply just wouldn't fit in the back of the van. Could you get away with getting a bigger van? Because I know we've had a, a quite a few conversations back and forth about I used to have a transit custom and and the setup I've got now wouldn't wouldn't fit in my wouldn't fit in my custom at all. And obviously we live in different areas and working around London, having a trailer for me yeah would have stopped me from getting to certain places um so do you think that and i don't want to sell myself but i've got a uh, a van tour video on the horizon very yeah. very soon where i've sort of broke my van up in half i've got the 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 zero turn sort of at the back and i've sectioned that off so that that's where that stays and i've still got room now for all of my main kit that I use 70% of the time um, and I can still put waste in there. Yeah. So do you think that you could definitely, and I know you just mentioned that you're thinking about getting another zero turn, that would probably solidify your choice to get a trailer. Yeah. But is there any way that you could maybe just get a, a slightly bigger van or? So I don't know fully how it works, but as I've discussed on other podcasts, I, I lease my van. It is only okay. now, what we are now, we are in, well, October, basically, aren't we? So yep. I am two months off almost to the day uh, from my one-year point, earning, uh, having the lease on a three-year lease van. Okay. So, okay. Although, I mean, I think you can buy yourself out and you can trade over early, but I don't know what kind of cost that implements. For, for me... Yeah, like I say, because I don't know the width I would have to go or would want to go because I see machinery and I just go, great investment, let's do it. Yeah, and yeah. that's one thing I would say, don't jump the gun. Like I, I almost I almost do. I don't. I stop myself short. <laughs> but um, it, it is hard to do when you see new shiny toys and you go, you yes. know, I've, I've got five grand to invest. Like what do I buy? Um, it's probably the wrong attitude. <laughs> but, you know, that should probably be like rainy day, keep it to a side. But you know, with the way that progresses, I don't know how much longer it would suit. So, I mean, but even for a trailer, I would be looking at a 10 by 5. You know, you're looking at the best right. part of three grand um, b- between the trailer and, I mean, if you're lucky, trailer and and the hookup on the back of the van, because I don't have the tow bar already fitted. So, right. so you know, you, you are looking at the best part of three grand and that would be getting one you know, at a very good kind of price at around two and a half. So yeah, it's, it's not something I would be able to do. I don't think at the moment is upgrade the van. I really like how the transit custom, you know, it's been a good, as you spoke about investments as well, um, with what was the best ones in the van, you need something to move around in. It has been the best decision I ever made to move from a family SUV, you know, for the first few months of, of starting this job. To, to get in a van, even though it cost me thousands afterwards in repairs, taking that step to actually owning a van and in the world that opens up for you, carrying your equipment, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. waste removal, the list is you could go on and on for the benefits is a fantastic way to look. Like if you're looking to get into it and you've got any amount of money to, to get towards a, any type of van, you will not regret having the space and the chances is once you get the space, like you've kind of alluded to there, Mike, with upsizing, you know, you'd find it very hard to take a step back and go, all right, let's downsize. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I could. Like like I said, I couldn't. I couldn't now. I couldn't. I couldn't downsize. Yeah. Uh, We we lease as well. I lease. My van's leased. 
Yeah. And I know that we've had a, a, a when you was about to get yours down, we was having conversations about prices and stuff. And you know, three hundred to to five hundred to six hundred pound a month leasing is is expensive when you you think about it initially. But you know, it what an investment it is. You, yeah. You, you can't do anything without it. And I always think that you know, there's that you can invest in all nice uniform, which is which is pretty basic and signed written stuff for for most people but like t-shirts and stuff but turn up in your van is that is the first thing that these potential customers are going to see and you know you don't get a second chance at first impressions so if you've got a nice nice van you know that you turn up into a nice van people are these potential customers will think that you're reputable um, and I'm I'm always certain that human instinct tells me that they'll be more inclined to take you on for your services just w- with that in mind you know yeah no 100% I completely agree with you there and it, it does bring across the very um the importance of it you know that first that first check-in and what you invest into to have that first you know them first impressions and to look as professional as you physically can do um yeah. it, it all really goes towards it but I think wrapping up the episode there, I hope that everyone's been able to take something away from this, whether it's the type of investments, whether it's the different ranges of kit, you know, going into these trade shows or just talking to your dealers. You know, it's all a great thing that I really recommend that you do to be able to make it work. But um, Mike, thank you very much for joining us on this week's episode. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, it's been my pleasure, mate. I can uh, I can go on for ages with talking to you sam so thanks for having me back on mate <laughs> no worries right well thank you again for joining us everyone we hope you that you enjoyed that this podcast and make sure that you like and share this podcast if you can it'll be much appreciated take care we'll see you next time